What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronas. And uh, I'd say happy Wednesday to you, Adam Ronas. But, you know, considering uh, Tyler McGill has given up a, a ridiculous amount of runs to the lowly Washington Nationals, I know you are unhappy. I'm equally unhappy there. Um, and then to, uh, you know, if we want to throw in the uh, the sidekick to the groin, uh, Rangers down one nothing to the Pittsburgh Penguins in a must-win game five for the Rangers. Yeah, not to start you want to see. You would figure, right, coming back to the Garden, crowd's going to be electric, you know, get something going. And obviously the defense has been a problem in this series, but they've only allowed one goal, but they haven't scored yet early here in the second period. So, yeah, I mean, look, you, you don't want to see the season end like this. They had such a good year, a young team. Just Durkin was so good. You know, you don't want to wind up losing in the first round in five games, losing, you know, two out of the three at home in a triple overtime game. So to a team who lost its starting goaltender as well. Right. They have a third string goalie in there. That's the other part, too. You're right. So hopefully they can at least win. You know, in hockey, it's not easy, but you see it way more often. Teams coming back from 3-1 in hockey compared to the other sports. I'm almost sure of that. I don't have the numbers exact. But I think it happens more in hockey because um, obviously a goalie can get hot and just stymie the opponent. Um, so you hope that's the case. Obviously, it starts with game five. Got to get that. But uh, hopefully they do it. I'm, all, <clears throat> I'm almost at the point right now where I just uh, don't don't drag this out for me anymore. Just yeah, I'm, I'm all about the quick death. Right. I don't. I don't want it to drag out. It's one of the reasons why I don't want to get old, right? Because I don't want to be this like crusty old 80 year old guy who's got like food crumbs on his face and he can't wipe his own out. Like, I don't want to be that guy, right? And Lord knows I'm not in like, it's not like I'm in shape. So I don't want to prolong it anymore. Just like here with the Rangers. I don't want to prolong it anymore. If you guys are going to just, you know, tank it and lose this series, just fucking do it now and uh, and, and just get, put me out of my misery. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, that's also true. Um, uh, I mean, look, I don't want to I want to have hope that they can somehow come back. So give me the W tonight. That's what I want. Just get the W tonight and then I'll worry about game six. Oh, perfect setup and fucking save. Unbelievable. Yeah, see? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're you're not telling me anything that sounds even remotely good about it. This is why on the yesterday's podcast, we didn't even talk about hockey because it was so disgusting. It was so disgusting to me. I even had to like single that out to everybody. I was like, all right, this episode of the podcast, NBA best bets. We'll talk a little fantasy baseball. We will not talk any fucking hockey. How to do it. Um, all right. So. All this uh, nonsense going on here. I don't even know. I haven't even checked in with the NBA. I don't know what happened. What happened yesterday? And enlighten me here on uh, what the series are at. Two blowouts. Um, Miami handled Philadelphia easily. So then they're up 3-2 with game six in Philly on Thursday. And Phoenix blew out Dallas. So they're up 3-2 series heading back to Dallas on Thursday. And then today at halftime, Boston leads Milwaukee 54-47. Um, yeah, I think the absence of Chris Middleton is hurting Milwaukee right now. You know, it's a problem, um, which is why I liked Boston in the series. It didn't look good after game one and game three. Uh, Boston was great in game four, specifically in the fourth quarter where they had 43. Um, 
And once again, Boston is shooting well from the field in the first half, 49%, Milwaukee at 39.6%. The problem with Milwaukee right now is they basically have two guys on offense. It's Giannis, who's got 19.7 rebounds at the half. Um, his prop was 31 and a half for points. Uh, he's crushed it in two straight. Uh, Drew Holiday is the key. They need him to play better. He's shooting 33% in the series. He's taken 52 shots from the field between games uh three and four and was five of 22 in game four. He's three of nine tonight with nine points, but that's the problem. It's those two. And uh, Brooke Lopez, who was great in the last two games. Oh, it doesn't play as well on the road at halftime, zero points, two rebounds. So that's the problem for Milwaukee. You know, Giannis is doing his thing. Uh, he's going to put up big numbers, but he's getting no help. Whereas Boston, Jason Tatum's picked it up. You know, he was quiet the first few games, had a big game for 16 and a half tonight. And they, they get in contribution from Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and of course, Al Horford, who everybody was on tonight. Everyone was on for props because uh, he scored 30 points in game four. He was 11 of 14 from the field and hitting every three like he was Steph Curry. So his prop was 13 and a half points. It looked too easy. I'm like... And he still may go over it. He's got four points, three rebounds at the half. I'm like, I can't do it, man. I just feel like it's just, it looks like a layup and everyone is on it. So I'm just going to stay away. And then his two and a half threes was plus 140 over. I was like, I get why people are doing it, but I just, I can't. Even though, you know, because if you look at game mods, you're like, oh, well, how does he not go over it? He had four threes in game one. One in game two, four threes in game three, five in game four. And he scored 22 and 30 points the last two games. But is he going to shoot 11, 14 from the field again? No. So I think he just got hot. He had it going. But to expect that from him again, I couldn't do it. So, uh, and again, when I see everyone on it, because they just were looking at the last two games, I had hesitation. So I didn't write it up. I didn't play it. It still could cash again. We're at halftime, but he's only taken three shots from the field. No threes. Oh, of one. And, you know, the rationale with Milwaukee is they give up a lot of threes. That's their they like to pack the paint, take that away from you. And they give up a lot of threes. That's been uh, something we've been knowing going against Milwaukee with player props the last couple of seasons. Uh, but it's Tatum tonight who has 10 threes attempts. He's hit two. Uh, and Boston is not as good tonight, 6 of 21. So, again, he might have a big second half and go past it, but I saw everyone on it. And I'm like, damn, man, nah, it's, it, it looks too easy. I just can't. Well, I mean, <clears throat> how many times have we seen that in, in, in a bet where it just – All the time. You know, it just looks so obvious to you. Like, because you're you're naturally skeptic, right? Like, you, you're – because what you're doing is when you're looking for props, you're looking for – you know, props where you think that the the book has missed the mark, right? Like, you know, they're too low on this guy. They're too high on that guy. Um, you know, you see the public money, just everything. You know, obviously the Horford Giannis thing that, that you know, that, that went down the game before. Everybody's in on Horford now because that's just that's the way the, the public thinks, right? There are just there are just certain things. When I was. Um, what you call it? We were talking about. Uh, strikeout props tonight on the fantasy alarm show, right? And uh, and Ani went to Tyler McGill. Uh, he went to he had like four that he listed, and I said, you know what? I said the one that I'm most skeptical about is Tyler McGill because we've seen the way he's been pitching. He looks absolutely fantastic, right? He just 
There's just everything about, you know, what we're seeing the uptick in velocity. We're seeing the command there. Um, it just it looks really good. So why all of a sudden now here on a guy who, you know, is striking out at least six guys for how many games here? And is and is and is and the 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 juice is it's it it's a plus one twenty odds on him going over five and a half strikeouts. Like why is it like you know you have to look for certain things like that? And that's a it was minus one sixty for the under five and a half. And we're talking about that, and then we go to break, and then we come back, and immediately the line flips because everybody's hammering the under, right? And all of a sudden now you're looking at they've dropped the prop to four and a half. It's minus 160 for the over. It's 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 you know, it's it's like minus 105 for the under on that all of a sudden. Like they just it was it was it was crazy. And when you sit there and you're looking at at lines that just look suspicious, like it, it's like they're begging you to take it. You're like, oh, Washington sucks, man. Look at they're, they're begging me to take plus odds here on the over. <laughs> we stand corrected. Yeah, you have to look into things sometimes, and especially when you get those plus odds. I mean, again, plus 140 for Hartford to go over two and a half threes when he's done it easily in three or four games. Why? Oh. Why is it? Like, it's because everyone's chasing the last two games. And, you know, Hartford's a good player, but he's, you know, he's 34-35. Like, he just, it, everything broke right for him in game four. Like, he just got hot, and it happens, right? You just can't miss. He was 11-14. Um so I understand why people went with the 13 and a half points because that is low. But I'm just like, man, I just everyone's on it, man. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to back away. And, and Jalen Brown was in foul trouble, too, in the previous game. You know, this is a, the big the big guys are Tatum and Brown. So they're going to be the ones. And then it comes down to Smart and Horford. So, yeah, he's going to play big minutes. But I just again, he we're at halftime. He still could go over it. But I just looked it out. It's like, yeah, I can't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> right? Isn't that what we hear all the time? It's a trap. You don't even need I to be a Star way. Wars nerd. What? Yeah, no, it felt that way, man. Just looking at it, I'm like, because even last time when we discussed the long after hours, I'm like, oh, so the line's probably going to be four for, I'd say, 13 and a half, 14 and a half. And when I was there, I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, it's, you know, instead of plucking down the money immediately, I'm just, I had hesitation. Understandable. Because, like, why is it 13 and a half? Why didn't they raise it higher? Shouldn't they have raised it higher? I mean, to me, they should have. A guy coming off two big games like that, you know, why does it go from 11 and a half to 13 and a half? Yeah. Ah, Penguins just <clears throat> scored. It's two nothing. Fuck this shit. I'm not oh, watching dude, it anymore. I don't even know why you're watching. I'm not. That well, was like, remember? Was half time. Well, the reason why I was watching, halftime Bucks Celtics, and the Mets are getting smoked day three. So, but the last time I was on this podcast, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, I guess. And the, the Mets, Mets got, well, were getting smoked, right? They came back and won. So hopefully history repeats itself. But uh, I'm not so sure about that. I was, I was on the podcast with uh, the Beat the Shift podcast with, uh, with, with Ariel Cohen and, uh, and Reuven Guy. Right. And, you know, I know Ariel's like a huge, huge Mets fan. Um, I, one of them said something like Reuven said something about the game. And Ariel was like, no, I DVR'd it. So don't say anything, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and both Reuven and I, we, we were like, oh, OK. All right. We won't say anything. You definitely want to watch. Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you don't want to see the beginning. Oh, but you definitely want to watch the game. 
Yeah, that, like, damn, that's weird. I can never do that. Like, I, you got to stay off Twitter. You can't, like, you got to stay away from any news source, man. Oh, dude, how great is that sometimes, though? You just take yourself away from. Nah, I, I can't. There's too if much going if on. If you're recording, sports. let's say you're recording a podcast, right? Well, okay. Well, number one, here's the problem with me. I get alerts every time there's a score in the Mets game from the MLB app. So I would have to shut that off. Dude, how annoying is that to get fucking alerts for every single scoring play? No, I mean, I, I don't mind it. Although, you know, if I'm with uh, a woman, she's like, oh, you got another girl message. I'm like, no, man, look, it's a fucking <laughs> Mets score. If by girl, you mean Pete Alonzo with a home run. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just won money, girl. How do you handle the jealousy between the uh, between the ladies there, Adam? What do you mean between the ladies? I don't know. I'm just, you know, like you, you you're you're a free spirit, right? Aren't you a free spirit? Like, how do you deal with with ladies being jealous about you uh, not giving them attention because of your uh, your sports? It's work, man. I I I always explain it to them from day one. Like, this is my job. You know, most people are like, oh, it's pretty cool because you know you do different media mediums. So, but I, you know, they probably think like, oh, it's not a big deal. And then, oh shit, you're watching sports all the time. So I just explain it, break it down, and obviously figure out some times where, you know, a Friday, Saturday night, obviously, um, let them know about NFL Sunday. It did cost me, or nah, yeah, it cost me a relationship in the past, years ago. Um, I once, once football season started, she's like, oh, I didn't realize I can't see you on Sunday. I was like, I told you this. She's like, oh, but I, I, I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? It's my job. I'm not quitting my job. Unless you like have a lot of money. You want to support me? Then maybe I will quit. But Ooh, sugar mamas, right? Yeah, sugar exactly. mamas wouldn't be bad. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, let me let me ask you this, right? Because this is actually, I, <clears throat> I think this is a a good social question too. Because you know I, I, there are a lot of people who take their fantasy sports and their sports just you know incredibly seriously, right? So so on a <clears throat> on a Friday or a Saturday night, you know you're out to dinner, or whatever. Are you checking the scores on your phone because you're getting all the alerts? So while you're at dinner, your phone is like on the table and you're kind of keep looking down when you're getting an alert. It depends where the nature of the relationship is. If it's early, then I try not to look. But once you're established and everything, then you're like, ah, whatever. It doesn't matter to us anymore. Oh, uh, no. no, you got to show the cards right from moment one. That's why they have these expectations. No, no I think it's a balance, though. You know, you don't want to be on the phone all the time. It's not good. You need to have time where you're just talking. So I'll glance uh, once in a while. Obviously, it depends on what's on that night. And you know, how, how much sports is and what's going on. But, you know, I'll explain to them, hey, I'm just checking this for work. Look, I'm not on Instagram. I'm not liking photos or something. You know what I mean? Because that's what right. I, the average person, I think, a lot of times, because I'll glance at people's phones sometimes when they're in the vicinity. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. That's pretty much it, man, uh, for the most part. I'm not doing those things. I'm more looking at player news, looking up stats, uh, betting, Sportsbooks, DraftKings, Sportsbook, Fandles. That's what I'm doing. So it is all work related in some way, you know, whether it's fantasy or betting, it's mm -hmm. work related. It just happens to be that I enjoy this too. So I'll just let them know, hey, you know, this is for work here. This is what I'm looking at. Um, if I am liking big booty photos on Instagram, I won't show them that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
actually, yeah. actually, one of the girls <laughs> I was with was like, so what is she? I guess she saw when I was scrolling through Instagram, one of the um, accounts I follow. And she's like, oh, really? That's what you're looking at? I'm like, what? What's wrong with it? She's like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, what is wrong with it? I like looking at that. I don't see a problem. But she just saw it and took notes. She's like, okay, that's interesting. I, I, you know, listen, dude, you, <laughs> they're going to formulate their opinions no matter what you do right, or say. Exactly. Right? No matter what happens. And and you you are always wrong, Adam. You're always wrong. I figured that out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I never realized just how wrong I was and, until I got married, right? Oh, yeah. It was reinforced to uh, the 100th degree. It's amazing. It's amazing. No, my my personal favorite, and I love it, right? Because I'm because I, I can confess this because my wife does not listen to this podcast because she knows that, you know, it's it's you and me. And, you know, it's a lot of swearing and it's all sports. And, you know, I don't tell her that, you know, we kind of, you know, confide in each other on, on certain things here. But. Um, oh, my wife will sit there and she'll tell everybody. Everybody. She's like my biggest fan. My, she champions me all the time. And, and I've heard her like, you know, say, Howard's got the most amazing memory, right? He can sit there. He can watch a movie and he can quote it back to you word for word. He can hear something and just immediately recount. He's got knowledge in his head, like we're playing Jeopardy and stuff like that. And she's blown away by that. Yet somehow in any argument that she and I have ever had, I've never remembered it correctly. <laughs> that is hilarious, man. It's it's the mind-boggling. That, that defines women in a nutshell. <laughs> I mean, it really does. And I say it to her also because I call her out on it, right? As soon as we're in an argument and she says that I'm not remembering it correctly, I'm like, you were just sitting there telling Wayne and Dana how amazing my memory was. And she was like, well, you're just wrong now. Uh, mind blowing. My, stay single. Just stay single. It's what a lot of married people say. Well, <laughs> they do. I'm not. See, well, that's the thing. That's there's the only thing. one who doesn't, though. You want to take a guess? We work with him. Who tells you to to to? Oh, Fensty. Yeah, he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, marriage is good. You gotta work at it, and it's up to. I'm like, come on, man. You're like one out of like a hundred. Yeah. Who say oh, this? Dude, right? You know, it's like it, <laughs> it's like your buddy who's got three kids and he's like trying to tell you you should have kids too. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, dude. I, I see that haggard look on your face. The the bags under your eyes, that's an enormous amount of gray in your hair that wasn't there last year. So you tell me. You tell me, ooh, the Bucks are just waging a comeback here, Adam. Well, three point yeah, game. I mean yeah, I mean, it was only a seven point game at halftime. I mean, I expect this to go down to the wire. Um, these are two really evenly matched teams. Uh, I think the Celtics are a little bit better. Again, I think the absence of Chris Middleton is going to be a factor uh, over the long haul of the series. They really need his offense, and they haven't I don't think he's going to be back this series. I don't even know if if they win if he'll be back uh, next year. I haven't heard any update yet. so, but um, yeah, it would be nice to get a game seven in this series. Uh, I hope we get at least one or two game sevens in the NBA. Um, we're definitely not getting it in Golden State Memphis. The series could be over by the time you're listening to this. I think Golden State puts it away on Wednesday night. So 
Um, and then, yeah, the NBA, for some reason, has uh, no games on Saturday. And then all the game sevens uh, would be Sunday, unless somehow Memphis miraculously comes back from 3-1. If they force a game seven, it would be Monday. But everything else, uh, the game sevens would be Sunday. They would have uh, as many as three game sevens on Sunday. Right. The NBA trying to, like, take some take some Sunday real estate. They're like, oh, there's no football right now, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, though, on Sunday, the biggest story is going to be something about OTAs and the, how this guy ran without pads or something. Yeah, I was going to say the schedule release, but I believe that's Thursday. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. It's Thursday night. So yeah, yeah I mean, oh, Friday I just, all day we'll be talking about. Uh, the, I can't I can't wait for that. I mean, I'm going to watch. <laughs> I'm going to watch every second. Like, honestly, the marketing of the NFL, I guess, is brilliant. Because I saw someone I follow tweet that, like, I don't know how the fuck you guys are so excited about the schedule release, but I can't. And I'm just thinking the same thing. I'm like, we know who everyone is playing. OK, we know the teams. We're going to you really are. I, I get it. Football's big, but you're going to sit there and fucking watch a schedule release. And again, I love the NFL. Howard does. I don't know your opinion. I think you're on my side. I love the NFL. I'm going to be excited when draft season comes. I'll be excited. Am I really going to sit there? On a fucking May 12th, Thursday night, when there's NBA games on, there's baseball games on, even hockey, which I'm not the biggest hockey fan, but playoff hockey, I'd rather watch that than the NFL schedule release. I'll just go and read. Okay, where are the big games? Okay, cool. I'm going to sit on TV. Now, again, if there's nothing going on, maybe. I'd probably still rather watch a movie, but... Really? With the NBA on? Like game sixes? <laughs> Luka Doncic playing? And fucking Embiid and Butler? I, I, I don't get it. <clears throat> I, the only, and this is serious, like this is the only reason that I think you can get excited about the schedule release is if you know that there's like a certain time that <clears throat> that you can take off from work or that you're going to take off from work or you, you, you know, you, you know that they're playing someone somewhere and, and you know that it's happening this year and you want to set like a vacation around it, True. right? You want to point, you want to travel, right? right? I want to go to LA and I want to see my team play the Rams. Like that's the only, only excuse that you could possibly have for being banana cakes about the schedule. And what about the leaks? Have you seen the leaks? Oh my God, week 10, it's Dallas in Green Bay. Oh shit. Yeah. So, like, what's the point? It's crazy, man. And even if you, even to your point with the vacation thing, you don't need to watch it live. You could check it out an hour, two hours later. But I get it. If it's urgent and you're really excited and it's a big deal for you, sure, I get that. That's really the only thing. I just don't see how it's scintillating TV, man. Like, Scintillating I, TV. How's it scintillating radio even to talk about it? I I don't. It's it's amazing. The NFL is just what they do and how they get people to like, you know, drool over everything they do is just amazing. Um, but it's it, it's not going to be me. It's just not. Uh, oh, you think it's not going to be you? But uh-huh. the schedule release is going to happen tomorrow, right when we're going to start recording the pod. So right. we're going to be and live I, breaking all yeah. of this. This news. Yeah, and I'll be having the uh, Philadelphia-Miami game <laughs> on my TV. What, what, did Howard, you, what did you say? 
Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, sweating my Jimmy Butler prop here. Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, let me see. I don't I, give a shit where the Jags are week four. Uh, well, I don't have to watch the Mets. They're the afternoon game. The Yankees are playing, though, against the White Sox. I'd rather watch that game. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll have I'll have NBA basketball on uh, while this schedule is and I'll just later that night review the schedule, look at it, be like, okay, cool. Oh, Cowboys playing here, this and that. Okay, cool. And yeah, I, I literally I have zero interest in what the schedule. Just okay, fine. Tell me, like to turn it into an event. Well, I mean that's the thing, and this is this is what the NFL does. And you're right. It's credit the marketing, right? Credit the fact that they. They, they know that they have this ridiculously thirsty fan base who just wants people to talk football all year long, right? Like 365 days, seven days a week, uh, 24 hours a day. They just want football talk, football talk, football talk. Uh, it doesn't even matter about what, right? Like you could sit there and talk about how, uh, you know, your, your linebacking core is killing the salary cap on this NFC South team, right? Like, I mean, they're, they're that crazy about it. Um, but yeah, the NFL takes full advantage of that. And they're like, thirsty little bitches, here you go. We're going to do a schedule release. Then we're going to talk about guys not wearing pads and how they look at the playbook for, for two weeks here in May. And then uh, and then we're going to have a fucking little mini camp in June and we're going to hype that shit up. And then all of a sudden, like after July 4th, you and I are sitting on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio and not allowed to talk any fucking baseball at all. Yeah, it's amazing. Again, we love the NFL, but man, it's just these little things that they build into such hype. And uh, the schedule release is probably one of the biggest examples of that. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, and I mean, listen, I mean, it, but it hasn't been like this all the time. How many no. years has it been now since schedule release has been a thing? Three, four, five? Yeah, I think so. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, I, I don't remember this for a long time. So, yeah, it's more recent crazy that's crazy you can just you get anybody excited about anything right there right like oh my god i wish this nfl energy was like in pill form so that i could take it right oh yeah it is it's adderall and, and viagra never mind <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got to do you got to pop an adderall and then take a viagra and then, <laughs> and then put me on the put, put the schedule release on for the nfl i don't know what i'm gonna do with myself Look out, Mrs. Bender. This one's going to hurt. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So I'll tell you what. What I want to do here uh, is I got to talk a little fantasy baseball with you because now we're at the point right now where we're, we're a month into the season. Hot starts are cooling off and cold starts are heating up. And we're looking at a number of players. And, uh, and you know, I know that you do – a lot of leagues where it's high stakes and it's no trading, but everybody wants to know who am I buying low on? Who am I selling high on? So I wanted to jump into that with you. We'll talk about that. Buy low, sell high in fantasy baseball when we get back right after these messages. All right, Adam, you ready to play a little buy low, sell high? Sure. Now, obviously, Everything comes in, in in context with your team, right? It's not just, uh, yes, get this player because uh, he sucks right now, but we're expecting him to turn it up. If it's a fit for your team, then okay. But, you know, I mean, like I said also, you're not going to sell a guy, um, you know, if uh, you're not going to sell a power guy if you think that 
you know, your your team is low on power. So it's all like within context. But number of slow starters here. Uh, so it's more about evaluating the player, whether you think that he's going to, you know, he's going to continue to struggle or he's going to continue to play really well. Maybe not at the level that he's playing right now, but there's going to be uh, good things for that for, for fantasy. So we'll start off with some buy lows here. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, with two Dodgers, one of whom I know you love, right? Uh, Justin Turner, batting 200, right? One home run. Him and Max Muncy, both kind of kind of sucking right now, right? Muncy's batting under 100, under a buck 50. Um, we could maybe blame the elbow st- stuff on uh, on that for Muncy, but are these guys who, if you're in a league with trading, are you looking to like buy them for like, you know, 50, 60 cents on the dollar if you can? Yeah, with Turner, I, I lean yes. I actually do not have any Justin Turner this year. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, no, he is 37 years old. So you always wonder about that, but, uh, you know, strikeout rate is still good. Hard hit rates a little bit lower than it has been in years past. But, uh, when he's healthy, he's always been a great hitter. Hits a ton of line drive. So yeah, if I can get him cheap, uh, I'd be open to it right now. His line drive rate is just very low. 16.9%. That is very uncharacteristic of him. So he's hitting some more ground balls right now, but um, maybe the abbreviated spring training hurt him a little bit. So I'd buy on him if I can get him pretty cheap because he's always been good when he's healthy. Muncie, I don't have either. I was definitely concerned about the injury, even though he was able to start the year. His OBP is still very good. He's always been great in OBP. So he definitely gets a boost there. His walk rate is 22%. I mean, his walk rate's higher than his strikeout percentage. Um, so he's always been uh, great at the plate. Uh, his barrel percentage is 14.1%. So that's good. So yeah, if I needed power, I would buy on him and I would buy on him definitely in an OBP league because as bad as he's been so far, his OBP is still respectable at uh 336. Yeah. Yeah. It is actually a respectable OBP. So I, I can go with you on that. Um, what about, um, all right. I, I, I can't, I can't argue against, Either one of those, I do think that both players have the capability of turning it around. You also have to identify the fact that they hit in these crazy in a crazy good lineup too, so that can always kind of help elevate some things. What about um? Here's a, a major struggle right now. Jesse Winker, right, batting two hundred two, one home run. He still can't hit lefties. Um, you know the ballpark factors are are much worse going from Cincinnati to Seattle. Um, and then even on the show today, Jim Bowden was noting that um, that he and, and Joey Votto were like super close and uh, and he kind of misses Votto like chirping in his ear uh, and, and helping him along with certain things. So, you know, that kind of working against Jesse Winker, do you try to buy low on him? Can he turn this around or do you not waste your time? He was actually traded today in my labor league. The trade was, uh, and I think it was Ariel Cohen who gave up Winker for Eduardo Rodriguez. So obviously that's team context dependent. Maybe he really needed pitching and he felt Rodriguez was going to be better. But just an example of a trade that happened. Uh, I was down on Winker after the trade, but I I can't believe he's this bad. Uh, He's better than this. Uh, Again, he makes a lot of contact. He doesn't strike out. His walk rate is good. I mean, switching leagues, a worse ballpark, obviously Cincinnati is a real good ballpark, man. I think I, I have to look into it, but I think they've gone over 
when Cincinnati's been home almost every game. And obviously they had a very high scoring game there today. So that's something to take a look at when Cincinnati's home uh, to look at the over unders, because it feels like they're going over every game. Obviously their pitching's not great either, but um, dude, did you see today's game? What the hell was that? Against Milwaukee? Yeah. 1411. Yelich hit for the cycle. It was the third time he hit for the cycle against the Reds in his career. I'm still just baffled by the fact that had Milwaukee's bullpen not, you know, shit the bed in the eighth like they did, they actually would have turned around and won the game in the ninth. Yep. Um, I'm sure some people are looking at live betting with Milwaukee and uh, that one did not work out today. Same with the Dodgers, um, who somehow lost two out of three to Pittsburgh uh, and have losing records against three bad teams. So. One of those oddities. But as far as Winker, um, I would consider buying. Even though, again, I was not high on him before the year I had dropped him when he went to Seattle. But he's just better than this. Um, And I could see him turning it around. Uh, The other factor, though, that worries me is the guy's not been able to stay on the field. Uh, He's always dealing with some type of injury. All right, so you're not <clears throat> not interested in Winker, which neither am I. Um, you dig on rookies, Spencer Torkelson. Would you look to him as a guy no, who? No, no we've seen too. Yeah, we've seen too many rookies struggle, man. Um, I think all of them are struggling though, for the most part. I mean, Julio Rodriguez does have ten stolen bases, and yes. he, so that's valuable, and he has been better, and they've moved him up the order. Bobby Witt is now leading off, did steal a base, but it's still been a disappointment, but. Yeah, a lot of these rookies have just fallen flat. You know, Hunter Green has not been great. So, yeah, it's, uh, we're excited that all these rookies got the opportunity to start and are getting called up, but uh, they are not producing. Even Seiya Suzuki has really cooled off, and now he's a little banged up. A little cooled off, a little banged up with the ankle issue. Yeah, just hobbling around like uh, like he's the New York Rangers against the Penguins. That's, that game's 3-3 right now, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. Holy shit. <clears throat> That's exactly what I just said. As I was like, oh my around, looking, I, was, I was about to turn and, and look for another player to ask you about. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I, turned, I told you, I turned it away because I was like, let me watch. Well, keep it off. Okay. Keep it off. Stop watching. Yeah. Yeah, I see it's 30 seconds left in the second period, but yeah, I switched back. Obviously, a jinx. No, I switched turn back. Fuck off. Turn it off. Turn it off. It's off, man. Is it? Yeah, I'm watching Milwaukee Boston. Boston's up 7167, 351 to go. I just don't want, you know, I don't want you lying to me now and nah. uh, and all of a sudden. All right. All right. Pitchers. Some really good examples of whether or not to buy low. So I'm kind of curious as to your thoughts. Jose Barrios got beaten up again by the Yankees today. Trevor Rogers definitely doesn't look like the Trevor Rogers we were in love with last year. Uh Tyler Molly. And uh, and it looks like Charlie Morton has fallen off the uh, the cliff of time, and uh, and is now uh, now wasting away here. Uh, Molly Morton, Barrios, Trevor Rogers, I, any of those four guys uh, intrigue you to buy low? Yes, Barrios, but man, looking at his Statcast page, it's fucking disgusting. He's in the lower percentile of almost everything. I don't know what's going on with this guy. Is he hurt or something, man? Uh, let's see. Velocity is actually up on his fastball point two uh, from last year. So 
man, uh, he's faced the Yankees, what, two or three times? I know at least two, but still, man, these are some ugly numbers for him. Um, his hard hit percentage, 49.5. His K rate is way down, 14.8% K rate. But this has never been like him. So I would consider buying on him. Again, he's not – the thing with him, even when you were drafting him, you're like – he doesn't have – upside he doesn't have a high ceiling you're like okay he's durable and he gives me innings and obviously that's important uh, on a good team with a good offense even though they haven't been what we expected but um i pro he is the most the one i'm interested in most molly does not pitch well at home and it's a bad team mm-hmm. rogers has looked bad and he's not getting swings and misses on his changeup. uh morton i do have on a couple teams because he's been really good in the last few years. I wonder if the broken leg is a factor because maybe his rehab wasn't what it was because of the lockout. Because um, his walk rate is 12.7%, which is insane. And only his strikeout rate is low. So I'm staying still slightly optimistic with him. But I, you know, he is older as well. Coming off an injury, he's 38. So... You do have to take that into account. So Barrios would be the one that I'm most optimistic about there. Okay. <clears throat> All right. I can dig that. Let's look the other direction here. Let's talk about guys who are performing well. And the question is, is uh, whether or not you think that they can sustain. I mean, <clears throat> listen, I'm not saying that these guys are going to, you know, keep at the level that they are right now. There's going to be some pullback. You know, there has to be some pullback. The question is, is how how much pullback are we looking to see? So if you are expecting reasonable amount of pullback or if you just think that these guys are just playing out of their heads, like uh, just for the example, here you go. Brandon Drury, right? I mean, please, nobody in their right fucking mind is going to buy into you trying to sell them Brandon Drury, right? Uh, it, It doesn't matter what he's doing right now at Cincinnati. It has zero relevance. We know who Brandon Drury is, right? We know what we're getting out of him whether he's hitting in Cincinnati or not. That's not a guy that you're going to like you could try to sell high if you've got some like noob in your in your re, in your league that you know just doesn't know any better then then you know okay fine. So I'm talking about some some you know realistic uh realistic guys here. Like let's talk Rizzo for a second, right? He's only batting 231, but let's face facts, right? The two, batting average these days we expect guys to have low batting average. But Rizzo's now sitting here with nine home runs, 22 RBI. Um, there has been a little bit of decline recently, but and and no, you know, and, and everybody just says that Rizzo was the consolation prize for the for the Yankees at first base because they didn't get they weren't successful in getting Olsen and they weren't successful uh in, in signing Freddie Freeman. But does is Rizzo a guy who you think drops back enough that you want to get rid of him now and try and sell him while he's got some value? Um, I don't think so. I mean, he's hitting the ball in the air a lot more, which is obviously what you want for a lefty at Yankee Stadium. 49% fly ball rate. Um, home run to fly ball rate is 22%. His career marks 15.7%. So the home runs are going to slow down a bit. Uh, his batting average of balls in play is 197. So the average could go up. He's a good contact. Or obviously, you're going to have a low Babbitt when you hit a ton of fly balls, which is what he's doing. But um, no, I don't think you need to sell high. Yankees still. The offense has been up and down, but he's going to play mostly every day. So the counting stats should be good. Power should be good. So 
I don't think you have to sell high. Okay. All right. Um, what about Rowdy Telez? This dude's playing out of his gourd right now. Um, he's only batting 245, but I mean, seven home runs, 26 RBI. He's obviously uh, held on to that that first base job there in Milwaukee. Um, do you think he drops off? No, I think he's always needed the opportunity to play every day and never really got it. It's a really good ballpark. He's hitting cleanup most of the time. You're seeing Christian Yelich get going. Uh, Luis Urias recently came back. Willie Adamas, I like. So it's a really good lineup. And Telez is just crushing the ball. I mean, hard hit rate of almost 50%. So I think this is a guy that just needed the playing time um, and is finally getting it. He's not really in a platoon. Maybe he'll sit against tough lefties, but no, I like what I see. So um, I, I don't want to sell high on him. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Ty France, Julio Rodriguez, both playing well for Seattle. France batting 320, qualifies at first and second. Five home runs, 23 ribby. Julio Rodriguez only batting 255, but he's got a home run. Ten stolen bases in a time when stolen bases are a huge, huge rarity here. Uh, are you selling on either one of these guys, or are you holding them for yourself and reaping the benefits? I mean, I like to hold France. If someone's going to overpay for him, you know, there's there's teams that are really desperate for offense right now. So if someone wants to overpay, I mean, France has a 10 percent strikeout rate. That is absurd in today's environment. I mean, we look at guys. Oh, yeah, he strikes out 23 percent of the time. Actually, that's not too bad at today's game. He's 10 percent, man. And his walk rate 7.9 percent. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's not he's not an elite power hitter. Mm -hmm. um, he got off to the quick start, but, you know, hits at the top of the lineup. So. I mean, I hold them. If someone is going to bowl me over for a trade-off, for sure, I'll give him up. It's not like he's a 30-homer guy, but very productive player. And with that contact rate, should hit for good average. For Rodriguez, I mean, I think he should get better. He is hitting the ball hard, but um, if someone's going to overpay for the steal, sure, I'll give him up. Okay. All right. Uh, go to the pitching mound here right now. I know this one's going to be a tough one because this is this is the poor man's Carlos Rodon, right? You know, pitching absolutely beautifully. You're worried about the shoulder. You don't know what to do. Pablo Lopez has four wins, a one ERA, uh, almost a strikeout per inning for him. Uh, are you nervous enough about the shoulder that you're going to want to trade Pablo Lopez right now before the drop happens and see if you can't get some value? No, I don't think you have to. I mean, look, I'm always willing to to trade pitchers because an injury could happen at any point. They're just so risky. And then you got a guy pitching great. Someone might overpay. So I'm always willing to trade these pitchers. Uh, Lopez, I've always liked. Again, I, I did stay away from him. I was worried about the injury, but he has looked great so far this year. That doesn't mean he's going to stay healthy the entire year. So I'm definitely open to moving him if I get the right offer. I mean, if I had him, I'm not sending offers to everyone uh, to get rid of him. But I mean, I also don't think he's going to pitch at this level all year. So it is smart to kind of shop him. Rodon is so tough because it's easy to tell someone, oh, yeah, get rid of him now. We've seen this before he's hurt. I think it's so hard to move that guy because he could win the Cy Young if he stays healthy. He is that good. So um I don't have him this year. It disappoints me. I had him everywhere last year because he was so cheap. Um, and I should have been a little bit more aggressive once I saw the Giants sign him and pay him. Um, but my initial reaction is, why are the White Sox, who are contenders, 
They know his medical history better than anyone. Why aren't they bringing him back? What's the big deal? You can't sign him for one or two years paying big money. He gets hurt. He gets hurt. Um, he has not a lot of home run yet this year in 35 innings. Uh, that's that's crazy. Um, got to gotta credit Farhan Zaidi, right, for the job yeah. of, of, you know, looking for stuff like that. I mean, Zaidi's done. He did it with with Gossman. He, he picked up the medicals here on uh, on Rodon. And I mean, yeah, obviously there's still plenty of season to go. But what Farhan Zaidi's been doing with uh, with San Francisco has just been, uh, you know, I got I got to applaud it. I have to applaud it. Yeah, I mean, Rodon's just been insane. Strikeout rate is great. Like everything, um, all looks good. I mean, he is allowing a lot of hard contact, but the contact is not often with him. So. Um, I would ride it out. You know, it's easy to say if he gets hurt, oh, I should have traded him. But I mean, the guy just looks unhittable at times. So unless someone is going to give up a ton, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with him. Okay. Um, Kyle Wright took a beat in his last time out, right, against the uh, the Red Sox. It was that at Devers three-run home run or a grand slam. I don't know what it was, but it, it absolutely ruined his last start. But he he still came back and he threw three scoreless frames after that bad inning. Um, three wins, 303 ERA, 1030, 10.35 K per nine. Um, you're going you're gonna to run into outings like that where a guy like Devers is going to take advantage of you. Um, are those few and far between for Kyle Wright? Or is this another case of, you know, young pitcher, he's 26 right now, right? He comes in dominates well in uh, in the early part of the season, but then all of a sudden he starts to take his lumps. No, I think it'd be good. I mean, he was going to have a start like that. He's been so dominant so far. And obviously now is the wrong time to trade him. You don't want to trade him coming off that outing. So you need you would need to wait. And if you do have intentions of moving him, you got to wait till he has another great start or two in a row, then move him. You never want to move anyone coming off a start like that. All right. Should we go to the bullpen? You want to sell high on a closer here? Uh, Adam, I give you nine saves, a 164 ERA, and 11.45K per nine. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Daniel Bard. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you can get much for him. I know people need saves desperately. He did not have a good appearance today. It was not a safe situation, though. Um, I guess they wanted to get him some work. I didn't see when the last day he pitched, but I'm assuming that was it. But uh, it's uh, yeah, I would sell him if someone wants to buy. Sure. I mean, we saw this last year. Great start and then fell apart. I mean, he's been really good this year. The walk rate has been unbelievable, but I think he did walk two today, but it was 2.4 percent walk rate coming today. Uh, how is that going to last? His career walk rate is 11 percent. So and he is pitching in course field. We know the weather's going to get better. So, yeah, I mean, if someone wants to buy him, sure, I'm moving him. All right. Beautiful. Um, anybody out there? I mean, listen, you know, whether he's on a team of yours or anything like that, um, either a decent buy low or sell high candidate for you. Is there somebody who you uh, you just don't believe in what you're seeing right now? Um, I would. Uh, no one really comes to mind immediately, but I would I would buy a low like on a Kettle Marte Jorge Polanco. Guys like that, I still believe that they can produce. It's just kind of slow starts. Um, a Tyler O'Neill who's struggling, I, I would look to buy low on. So, how does that make you feel to be like the power hitter that you are, and you lose your arbitration case? 
Yeah, and then you're not in the lineup today when I put you in a fucking video. Right? What the hell is that all about? Yeah, man. That arbitration thing is just so – it's terrible, man. How does Austin Riley lose his arbitration? They won the World Series. He was a big part of it. Yeah, I don't know, man. It sucks. Like, you have the team speaking bad about you. And then, all right, go play ball. Let's get us another uh, World Series. Right? Dog shit, man. Absolute dog shit. Well, all right. There you go. A little buy low, sell high here. Some good thoughts there from Adam Ronis and a number of players who uh, we're looking at. Listen, just trying to help you guys out. Uh, if you've got trade questions, you can always just tweet up, you know, tweet at the two of us here, right? Uh, at RotoBuzzGuy for me, at Adam Ronis for him. Uh, or if you just want to uh, just want to email in your uh, your, your your starts your your buy low sell high possibilities here. You're looking for a player evaluation. You can always email me at Howard at fantasyalarm.com. I check it often. So there you go. But that's going to do it for us here today because why I got suckered into now watching the third period of this Rangers game because I am a fucking glutton for punishment. Right. So that's what I'm going to do, Adam. And, uh, and you can go back to watching your NBA. Yeah, Boston has opened up uh, an 11-point lead now early in the fourth quarter. Shooby dooby doo. I like it. I like it. All right. By the way, Tyler McGill, negative 17 points on DraftKings. Yeah, not a good day for him. No. And the rest of my lineup actually looks pretty darn good. Home run out of Yepes, home run out of Pete Alonzo, extra yeah. base hit from Noisy. I had Pete Alonzo in my uh, Heart of the Order Yahoo video for today. Super smart, baby. But Super I also, full disclosure, I also had McGill. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, I've been good on the pitching. Like, this is probably the worst pitching performance I've put in there in all the videos I've done this year. I don't remember a pitcher getting bombed like this. So, dude, I'm on, listen, I'm on a cold streak right now. I did not do well today. I went 0 for 3 on my picks today. Um, I, had, I gave out two yesterday that on the show that hit. I didn't do them in the, uh, in the article. Uh, but on Monday's article, I went fucking 0 for 3 also. So I'm like, I'm 2 and 6 in my last three days and not feeling good about it. Yeah, and anyone who is giving out picks, you know this is how it goes. And those that follow, you know, you can't just follow someone for two, three days. But like, oh, they suck. That's it. It's a long-term process. So yeah. look at the record over the course of the season over an extended period and understand, you know, again, it's really hard to win 70%, even 65%. Uh, so as long as you are making more than losing, that's the goal. That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's why he's Adam Ronis. I'm Howard Bender. That's it for us here on Anti Up. Big thanks. Uh, we'll be talking NFL schedule tomorrow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we will catch you next time.